Blog Talk Radio. Hi, my name is Jeanette Abney, and I am the host at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank you for joining me, and I also want to thank my loyal listeners who have been listening to the show and wondering what's been taking me so long to do more shows. But I'm going to say arthritis is no joke. And I also have this young lady. I'm trying to get her closer to me. And you want to tell the listeners who you are? Yeah, hi. I'm interning with Jeanette. I just graduated with my social work um, bachelor. And my name is Brianna. And I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I asked her if she ever been on podcast I've before. Never and been she on said a no. So I hope she don't have a little bit of PTSD, <laughs> which is what today's topic is about. And... I have a, a, a young man, and he was interested in me doing this title, and I told him that I would do it, no problem, because I want to talk to individuals, because there are many individuals that are living with PTSD, also known as post-traumatic stress disorder. And such is when an individual has difficulties recovering from a life experiencing or witnessing a terrifying or traumatic event. Now, we've been watching the news, whether it's on the news, social media, about what happened in Monterey Bay. When I woke up to it, and I'm like, who would go into a place and shoot up a, per- a place, and you got 10 people dead, 10 people injured? And I was like, wow. When we start talking about mass shootings, that's something that is occurring like crazy, and you understand like people cannot get control over this situation. And I was telling Brianna about when they had the event that happened at the um, concert with the country, a Western concert, when individuals had experienced a traumatic shooting. So when we start talking about this traumatic event, it doesn't just have to be what some individuals thought as a myth was individuals only in the military experience PTSD. And for years, individuals didn't even realize that being in the military that could result in such things as far as going to war or natural disaster. You know, individuals that experience or live through Hurricane Katrina or um, the tsunami. And, I mean, even growing up in Compton, there are things that happen in my life with school shootings where we look at Columbine and things that have happened that some individuals, it just became a normal part of life witnessing domestic violence or being a victim of domestic violence or crime. They say that a woman having a baby is the closest thing that they may come to death, and yet that could be traumatic for some individuals. And that's what we're going to be talking about this show on the show today, is to get rid of some of the, the myths, talk about some of the experience that individuals have went through in life, and try to get offer resources and help. Like I said, I am a licensed therapist. Brianna is in School of Social Work, so she's going to be in this field. So Brianna knows being around me, and I told her, I said, you go learn a lot, you go hear a lot, and individuals are not aware that they can also experience PTSD from secondary trauma, just somebody telling them that these things happen to them. So even if you are in the field of mental health, you have to make sure you take care of yourself because if you don't, the stress can take its toll on you. Now, Brianna, when I first introduced this topic to you, what came to your mind with PTSD? Honestly, like you said before, um, the myth of um, military um, individuals dealing with it, um, because my dad personally has PTSD. He served in the Navy 
26 years as a medical officer, so he's mm-hmm. seen a lot of stuff helping people in Iraq and all that stuff. Um, and so he, he came back with kind of like the PTSD, like he can't hear fireworks, like the sound of like a big explosion or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like takes him back to like being in war, like helping people who were injured. So mm-hmm. that was what I think of, but I personally have never experienced PTSD because I haven't really had, um, not that it has to be a, a tragedy to experience, but I've never mm-hmm. really had a traumatic time in my life. But the first thing I think about with PTSD is like someone in the military. So. And you know, it's interesting you said that, Brianna, because a lot of times, a lot of things that I have witnessed that I have experienced and I see my auntie is watching on Facebook, <laughs> you know, so that you can call in, you know. <laughs> if you're out there, you're listening, you're watching on Facebook, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Because just like Brianna was saying, I did not know about PTSD until I became a therapist. And I started listening to individuals, even talking about childhood trauma. Some individuals are not aware of how trauma and things that have happened in their life, things that they're witnessed, have witnessed and experienced, can have an impact on them in their life today, even as far as how they may relate to other individuals, as far as a defense mechanism or projecting things onto other people. They're not even aware of it. I see you, Linda, out there. You can call in, too. So because we normalize things. We think, oh, it's okay. Everybody goes through these things. Childhood. You know, child abuse, child neglect, child endangerment, all of that can lead to PTSD. Now, I think, let me see, I have a caller calling in. Let me log this person on. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio, number ending in 30. How are you doing? I think, can you hear me? I can. Okay, hi. Hi, Jeanette. This is Robert. Hi, Robert. How are you doing, Robert? <laughs> I am doing great. <laughs> a little you know bit of a cold. When we talk about PTSD and even in a relationship, some individuals, because I know you do, first of all, Robert, tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Uh, I am Robert. Uh, right now I'm uh, in between things. I'm uh, a jeweler. I'm an engineer by trade, and uh, I know quite a bit about uh, trauma. And everyone has this idea that trauma is something that uh, you could experience on the battlefield. You know, you uh, you could ha- experience trauma by taking a new job. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't associate that. Our first trauma is being born. Mm-hmm. Would you say when they spank you on the butt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and that is true. And even giving childbirth and even witnessing childbirth or witnessing a death, a lot of that, Robert, and thank you for calling in. I appreciate you. And I know you was, I don't know if you're still working or doing codependency groups. I know you do a lot of work on Facebook in regards to um Surviving narcissism, dealing in a living with a narcissistic individuals and relationship, and that can be traumatic for a lot of individuals and very, very stressful. To where relationships can have symptoms of PTSD. I had a situation with my son yesterday, and today I was getting stuff about is he alive? Is is he dead? Is he? And I'm like, you know what? 
Lord, I get up this morning, I go see his shirt hanging on the mailbox. I'm like, who do that? And people don't realize that even when you start looking at different behavioral issues, that's, my son brings up PTSD with me because he don't realize some of the behaviors that he do, I saw before in my life. Growing up, I saw it with my uncles. I saw it with people that were on drugs and are alcoholic. And I, mm-mm, mm-mm, I can't deal with that kind of stress. I really can't. And, Robert, I saw myself yesterday going down the street. I look like my mama and my grandmama by the time I snatched that boy up. <laughs> I was like, you don't get your buddy in, get your stuff. Woo! It just gave me flashbacks. And those are some of the things that we're going to talk about. So I want to share that when we start talking about um, traumatic stress disorder, and it happens when a person has difficulties recovering from an experiencing or witnessing a terrifying event. The condition may last months or years with triggers, and that's one of the biggest issues is those triggers that can bring back memories of the trauma accompanied by intense emotions and physical reactions. I physically reacted yesterday to a neighbor running down the street, banging on my door, telling me about something my son was doing that literally just took me to a whole nother level. I said, boy, sometimes this boy be trying to test my gangster. <laughs> now, <laughs> <laughs> I started with a cane, Robert. I have a cane, you know, because I got arthritis kicking my butt. By the time I got finished, I was like, I will bust you in the head with this cane. <laughs> it was so bad. It was really bad. Now, when we start talking about the symptoms of PTSD, it can be nightmares. It could be unwanted memories of the trauma. It could be avoidance of a situation, which I really try to do is avoid traumatic situations that bring back memories of other trauma. It could be heightened reactions, anxiety, or depressed mood. When we start talking about symptoms and you talk about um, trauma, what are some of the symptoms that you want to share, Robert, or that you know of? And then I'll have Brianna share some symptoms that she may see or have seen with her father. Oh, well, you mentioned arthritis. Uh, when you're uh, experiencing trauma, your body's uh, producing cortisol, and mm-hmm. that may express itself in arthritis, arthritis-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, gaining weight, mm-hmm. you can't. Uh, the cortisol makes you hold on to the uh, fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a, your your body goes into this into this mode. It starts making all these chemicals that aren't good for you. Mm-hmm. And you know and what? You, and you that talked was... about. Go ahead. No, just oh, even you... when you were talking about in regards to, and people going to what's called fight, flight, or freeze, and that's a whole other thing. The... But I like you talking about the weight gain, the stress, the you know, a lot of people hold on to pain and trauma, and they develop eating habits or eating disorders. Or so I, I like the stuff that the information that you're sharing and educating the listeners in regards to cortisol and what happens with stress. You you had mentioned the flight, fright, or freeze. There's also the, the one that everyone overlooks, fawn. 
that's when you, uh, like the Stockholm syndrome. Mm-hmm. You try to you try to please whoever's abusing you. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That right there is huge, and a lot right. of individuals realize that's why some individuals stay in unhealthy relationships. Yep, and it goes hand in hand with codependency. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Okay? So when we talk about just some of the symptoms of PTSD, and the symptoms can mask itself in a lot of different things to where some individuals may not even be aware that they're dealing or suffering from PTSD. You know, I tell individuals when they're telling their story, if they start ruminating over certain things or they start talking about, you know, people that have done things to them in their childhood, if they've been a victim of crime, being raped, being robbed. You know, a lot of us watch movies and we get so caught up in the the, the drama and the action of what's going on, but so many things are really happening to people in real life, real life experiences. What is your take on that? Um, I want to share this too, Robert. When we're talking about PTSD, and I'm waiting on Gilbert to call in, sometimes losing custody of your children can be a traumatic oh, yeah. experience. You know, going I could to relate court, to that. <laughs> going to court to where that could be a scary experience that individuals getting shot, getting stabbed, getting robbed, getting in a fight. So those are just some things that people, we, we actually minimize. We really do minimize some of the symptoms. What are some of the other symptoms that you can think of? Uh, uh, brain fog. Uh-huh. You're, you're not able to think clearly. Uh, uh-huh. You may experience physical pain because uh-huh. uh, a lot of times uh, uh, trauma is basically emotions that are trapped in the physical body mm-hmm. and you you talked about triggers triggers are, are huge because it brings mm-hmm. you back exactly to the moment where the trauma was was produced and that's mm-hmm. that's also the step forward to helping you heal going right trying to find why it's triggering you because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it'll go back I- it'll go back to something with uh, that involves the, the inner child that is a lot. And then in soothing that inner child, too, and letting a person yep. know it's going to be okay. And some individuals need different types of comforting because things can also, a child can experience PTSD in vitro. You don't even know the child has even been through trauma, and they have. Now, I'm looking at something, and it talks about people may experience also, not only the symptoms can also be behavioral, agitation, irritability, ability, hypervigilance, self-destructive behavior or social isolation to where many individuals that went to Vietnam War or experienced a war, they will isolate themselves from family and friends or they will engage in self-destructive behavior or they will self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. Can you speak on that a little bit, Robert? Uh, Say that again. Can you speak on that in regards to how individuals can um, exhibit behavioral issues like um, agitation, irritability, hostility, hypervigilance, 
self-destruction. Oh, hypervigilance, uh, rumination too. You just keep thinking over and over, and you can't get out of it. Correct. I know that some of the, you know, me being a therapist, and I work with individuals from all walks of life, I've had individuals that suffered from PTSD that can't be in a room with the door closed or they can't sit by a window or if they hear a certain sound, they may jump or they may, um, you know, cover their eyes. It's a lot of different things that may trigger them, and like I said, in the behavioral, but when we start talking about the self-destructive behavior, that is huge. That is really huge. And some individuals may not even be aware of why individuals are behaving the way that they are, are responding to certain stimulus the way that they are, and it could be a, a symptom of or a sign of the PTSD. Um, Brianna, what were some of the things that you saw with your dad in regards to behavioral? Um, definitely self-isolation. Um, I felt like in a period of time he, like, wasn't really communicating with us. I just remember, like, not better now, but just being with, like, my mom. I would, like, be in working on, we kind of just think mm-hmm. I think that's the first thing I recognize or the biggest thing. Um, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, forgetfulness or even avoidance, like you would avoid, might have triggered him. And I feel like triggers are very small but detailed to to the point of where or how the situation came out. Mm-hmm. out. Um, so that's definitely what I've noticed. Okay. Yeah. You know what? It's crazy because when I be looking at myself <laughs> on Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> my face looks so much like my mama. Lord, it be giving me PTSD. I be like, Lord, you see me looking down, looking up. I'm not looking down. I'm like, oh, I don't like looking at myself on pictures. Oh, Jesus, that is straight PTSD for me. Now, um, another thing is the psychological, the flashbacks, the fear. It's huge. The severe anxiety and the mistrust, mistrust in the system, mistrust in people, mistrust based on their experience. You know, even if we talked about it, you were talking about what happened the other day with the man shooting the 10 people, killing the 10 people. We talk about school shootings. We talk about all of these deaths that are occurring with relationships, domestic violence. It's so much going on in the world. You know, at one point, people were scared to go to McDonald's because they didn't know somebody was going to come in and shoot up the place. It's everywhere. It's like you can't even go to the mall anymore, movie theaters, school. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. And these people were at a dance studio. They were just dancing. They were doing something that they wanted to do, and someone thought it would. they wanted to take that away. And it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's terrible. You know what? Even going to a funeral could be traumatic for some individuals yeah. to where, you know, just witnessing, burying a loved one. you got people that are dealing with complicated grief. We got, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, a teenager was killed in front of his home, and it was crazy because he found out when the family got there that he had went to school with the mother of the, of the young man that was killed in front of his home. You know, drive by, it's just, like, I, like you said, there's a lot. Also, with the mood, loss of interest or, or pleasure, Inactivities, guilt. A lot of individuals that deal with PTSD deal with guilt or loneliness. There's the sleep 
issues with insomnia, like I said, or the nightmares, and we have emotional detachment or unwanted thoughts. You know, I was thinking about even with my son and his behavior, and when we talk about PTSD, he never, I don't even think my son realized that he had symptoms of PTSD where, you know, when my godbrother killed his wife, my son and my sister was the first two that went to the home. And my son was sharing how when he went in the house, how my sister was shaking my godbrother. He had no head. I didn't know that my son had seen his body until, like, 20-some years later. I had no idea that my son had seen it. So sometimes when we see these things, we have nightmares and, you know, um, vivid imaginations and thoughts running through our head. And, you know, and, and it is definitely, definitely a lot. And when I look at these at the information, and I said, and I'm looking at that you don't only have to experience it or witness it. You can be told about these events. And the emotional, the experience can be emotional, physically harmful, or life-threatening, and may affect mental, physical, social, and even spiritual well-being. See, we didn't even talk about individuals that also dealt with PTSD where they went to their place of worship and things was happening in the church. So, also including natural disasters. Moving to Oceanside, close to the beach, I used to always say, what if that water came up from the ocean and came down that hill? But then, girl, I would not have wanted to be around a tsunami. I can't swim. I'm scared. <laughs> Me getting baptized by the PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> I tell the baptism story, I'd be like, oof. You know, because I almost drowned one time. So when I was getting baptized and when I told the pastor that I was afraid of the water, he didn't believe me. Girl, I'm in the water. I'm cussing, swinging, <laughs> hitting, everything else. So when we start talking about, like I said, even um, natural disasters, serious accidents, people that have been in car accidents can have symptoms of PTSD, terrorists, combat. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a writer. Writer told me to let you know. Girl, writer gave me PTSD sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look and see what this writer that told the school, I'm like, ooh, uh, I ain't been around him. Okay, so when we start talking about serious accidents, terrorists, war combat, rape, sexual assault, historical trauma, intimate partner relationship, and bullying. Yeah. Bullying is huge. There's a lot of individuals. Somebody was talking earlier about um, being in the workplace and also workplace violence, how some individuals that have been a victim of being bullied may not have healed from that and may project that onto other people that may trigger something and they don't even realize triggering it when they are, you know, being um, authoritarian or bossy or whatever the case may be. Now, DTSD has been known by many names in the past. They call it, you talked about shell shock. But PTSD doesn't just happen, like I said, to combat veterans. It can happen to a lot of individuals. And individuals with PTSD can have intense, disturbing thoughts and feelings related to their experience. And the thing is this. Sometimes it's just not the event that occurred. It's how they felt during the event that comes up. Samantha said, so many traumas for me, where do I start? You know, Samantha, that is interesting because I am learning that a lot of things that we experienced, I didn't even know it was trauma. 
I thought it was normal that people go through things. And I meant to call you because I was having a conversation with somebody, and they brought up a name. And I thought about, my auntie had a fight with that girl. <laughs> I'm thinking, how you going to be talking to me and my auntie had a fight with your sister? You know, so a lot of times when you say, where do we start, I would say, Samantha, start in the present where the pain is now. You can't deal with everything at one time, but you start with what is the most pressing to you. If you would have been around me, Samantha, and you would have saw your nephew, honey, it would have been like looking at Billy. It was like me and Billy and Mama down the street at my house. And that's what it reminded me of when I got upset. And it, I just jumped into Mama, and Mama jumped in my spirit, and I had to be mindful of that. So you start with the pain. You start with what's going on now, and you acknowledge that it exists. Once you acknowledge that it exists, then you can start your healing process by either going to therapy and talking to someone, or you could do what's called the read, write, and burn. You learn how to desensitize in regards to some individuals that they've been in a real bad accident. They may have difficulty driving on a freeway or flying on a plane or getting on an elevator, an escalator. You start where it hurts. Robert, how did you deal with your PTSD? Because somebody wanted to know where do you start. Oh, uh, pretty much. Um, one of the one of the tools I use is I'll listen to binaural beats during uh, at night, and mm-hmm. I work I work things out in in dreams. Mm-hmm. Like for, like for instance, uh, when I was in third grade, I broke my femur, and there was a lot of trauma associated with that. It took forty years for me to regain what happened exactly. And it came out in a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another method I another method I use is uh, when I get triggered in that moment, I observe the emotions that are happening, and realize, okay, this isn't. There's something else that's triggering it. Let's go back and find out where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And you go back and dig, and it's usually something in childhood. But it's not to react emotionally in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, Robert, I want to say this, and I hope this helps answer Samantha's question, is I learned to challenge individuals' core belief systems. You cannot change the but you can change how you perceive it. Meaning, even though I've witnessed, I've experienced, Experienced. I've been through a whole lot of stuff in my life. It don't have the same effect on me now, and it, some of it didn't even have an effect on me when it was happening. So some individuals thought that I was emotionalist, I desensitized, and that don't care about nothing. It wasn't that. It was my core belief system in regards to Knowing what I can't control and also acknowledging what I couldn't control, 
also making sure that I protected myself. You know, when I started getting text messages last night, you know, where's Reggie? Is Reggie dead? Is baby mama's calling me this morning? Jeanette, is Reggie okay? Did Reggie get killed? When I, I know when my intern heard me on the phone, she probably was like, this woman just showed up and her son may be dead. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> honest with you, Rihanna. What were you thinking when you, when you heard? I know you heard me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just knew, like, what you've been through with him, so I know, like, it's it's a different kind of, you know, than, like, most have with their kids. <laughs> so you, it, it was more like I understood why. Like, I wasn't like, why is she? No, I understood. <laughs> And and the thing was, and anybody else would have been like, but the thing is with that, Brianna, is he gives me PTSD and he don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. it. It just, it's like, I can't be around you. Get away from me. Yeah. He don't understand. And some people may say it's attention-seeking, but although it's attention-seeking, he needs to mature and he needs to handle his own trauma because he don't realize he's triggering my trauma because it reminds me his behavior is like his father, his behavior is like my uncle's, his behavior is I, I'm just, I cannot deal with that behavior. Yeah, and then you kind of think back of like the feeling you had when you were dealing with that before. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, uh, you know what? I remember I was trying to, I was talking to somebody this morning and I was telling him, I remember in a one-year period, my son almost died six times. And one time, he literally jumped in the ocean. Jumped in the ocean. Oh, you know what? Samantha, Samantha said he don't know he has PTSD. I know he don't, Samantha, but I told him. I told him. He don't want to get no help, and he keeps triggering me. So, uh-uh. He don't know. He don't know. He don't get it. He don't understand. And there's been some things that he has witnessed that I'm just learning, and being a therapist, I try to expose and get him resources. He don't want the help. That boy was at my house for two days. We got along fine, no problem. The third day, I'm laying in the bed. I'm like, I'm, I'm like Scooby-Doo. I'm sniffing. <laughs> I smell something. <laughs> I'm laying in the bed with my eyes on the I smell something. I smell alcohol. Girl, his mouth is, uh-uh, you got to go. You, I smell alcohol, and you got to go. Because he don't realize how that triggers me. Samantha said, all of mine is getting help from me and Byron. You know, and, and that is, is getting help from you and Byron. I don't know which, all of mine is getting help just from me and Byron. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And when you say getting help because of that relationship, we don't realize how relationship plays a role in things. Sometimes I have to isolate myself from certain people because I can't deal with certain situations because it reminds me of things. And some things, it's like the old saying go, once you've been delivered from something, you shouldn't keep going back playing with it. Because you never know what it's going to do. You you never know. And um, so when we start talking about um, these different things, I still didn't figure out what the email was about Ryder. So I guess i got to take a look at that because Ryder don't realize how he be triggering me too. Because, bull, some of the things he be saying and doing, I'm like, uh, really? So 
Uh, bringing up the anxiety, uh, I want to share and talk a little bit about that. Sometimes when individuals are dealing with symptoms of PTSD, the anxiety can get out of control. The nervousness, the worrying, the worrying, the um, thinking that every something is going to happen, um, being afraid to be around certain individuals could be why they isolate themselves. Now, the anxiety. What has the anxiety been like for you, Robert? Um. Uh... I don't really have much anxiety now. That's uh, one of the tools I, I deal with the anxiety is meditation. Mm-hmm. That's why okay. that's why I meditate. I'm able mm-hmm. to, to still my mind and not uh, ruminate so much. Mm-hmm. And that's a great tool to help if you've got uh, anxiety and PTSD. I'm looking at something, and it talks about discussing the effects of trauma, the three symptom clusters of re-experiencing. A lot of times with PTSD, individuals will re-experience what happened, and it plays in their brain differently. Avoiding to numb me. I guess that's what I do, Brianna. Mm-hmm. I avo- and it's right here. I avoid, and I numb myself. And because I numb myself, I don't feel it. And then the hyperarousal. Those are just the three clusters. So I would fall in the avoidance and numbness, which I just figured that out, that I become so numb and so desensitized because I've experienced that already. Um, Samantha wrote, I feel like it almost killed me. That's why I'm semi-retired and had to get out of face-to-face customer service. What do you mean by it almost killed you? Are you talking about the PTSD? I'm not sure what it is you're talking about. But you can, if you have, if you can call in, I do want to know. Give me a call at 516-387-1914. Because one of the things that I've learned also is talking also helps. Mm-hmm. Laughing also helps. Oh, the anxiety. Okay, the anxiety almost killed you. Yeah, that anxiety can become overwhelming can definitely be overwhelming. But talking about it can help change how you view it. It can change your perception of it. You know, I tell people, if I got to laugh, if I got to cry, which I don't cry a lot, if I got to scream, if I got to holler, whatever you got to do, you got to work on it because if not, it's going to come out in your behavior. It's going to come out in your behavior. Now, I talked about some of the different things, and I want to talk about the stages. Now, it says the first phase of PTSD is the impact phase. This usually occurs after a person has experienced or witnessed a traumatic event. How long the impact stage lasts depends on the severity of the event. The more traumatic, the longer the impact. And that is huge. That is really huge. Now, my aunt is is um, texting on here, but as she was texting, I thought about a situation with a school shooting. I remember we would go to football games in Compton, Brianna, and there would be shootings, especially at the Centennial Compton game. And my mother, well, Samantha said, if anything happened, meet me here. Girl, they got the shooting. The guy that I was dating, he ran off and left me. Oh, <laughs> My mama was ready. When he and, and this was the sad part. He ran off and left me and went to my house. And my mother said, "Where is my daughter?" And he was like, "I came to see if she at home." 
my mother wanted to beat his butt <laughs> because he literally <laughs> left me. And I left my auntie. I went home, too, after he had went to my house. And I remember my auntie saying we were going to meet at a certain place. I had to go all the way back to the school. And the look on my auntie's face when she was looking for me, I felt so bad because she was not going to leave me. She was not going to leave that school until she, because she knows she would have went home and left me. She would have been in trouble, too. <laughs> <laughs> so she had to, she, she all around looking at the ambulance. She looking, and I felt so bad because when I heard them shots, I was gone. But they had been, this was a normal thing. So it's like, why go to the football game and you know they're going to be shooting? You know they go fight. You know that and we would go every freaking year. Every year we go. So these are things and like I said, so we start talking about school shootings, we start talking about, you know, these incidents that are occurring. It's it's crazy. It is so crazy. So talking about like I said, the stages of the post traumatic stress disorder. And not only the impact like I said, the impact stage during the impact stage, like I said, the shock, the fears, the withdrawal, the feelings of of helplessness, the guilt, the anxiety, and the hypervigilance, which is one. Then you got the rescue stage. Now, the rescue stage of post-traumatic stress disorder is the stage in which the rescue, the person will begin to accept what happened in order to do so. The person may need to return to the place where the incident occurred. Sometimes you see that. You know, I remember when my friend Zay died in a motorcycle accident, and his wife, um, we went and we were doing the funeral arrangements and everything, and she took me to the incident. And I'm looking at that ravine, and I'm looking at that, you know, like, don't let Nancy and I don't do the woods. I mean, the woods don't get along. And I'm looking at her like, Joy, I love you, but I ain't going down there. <laughs> I am not going down there. But I am quite sure it was very traumatic for her to be riding on a motorcycle behind her husband. Mm. She got one grandchild on her bike. He got another grandchild on his bike, and all he heard was heard was telling the other grandchild to hold on, and they go down a ravine, and the bike landed on him. Mm. And she's a trauma nurse. Mm. But she watched her husband die. And then she took me back. To the incident where it happened, because she's looking for a cell phone. I'm standing at the top of the hill of the where she did, and I, girl, I dialed the number. That phone was going ring a ling a ling a ling. I said, "Oh, they go kill me!" <laughs> so oh my god! She was all in the bushes looking for a cell phone, and she found it. She freaking found the phone, but she went back to where he fell off the bike. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't have. Well, there's, like, a lot of, you know, I've seen around, like, if there's, like, car crashes or something, like, where the car crash is, there's, like, little memorials. Mm-hmm. When people go back, um, they kind of change it in a way of, like, their mindset isn't, like, depressed about it. They do more of, like, a celebration. Like, mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of, you know, there's different ways. But I've seen people go back to the spot where they died and, like, they just have, like, a little set up. Mm-hmm. I remember my mother and sisters and cousin and was in a car accident on Halloween, and I didn't go. I wasn't there because 
one of my neighbors kind of called me with some pomegranate. So I was, uh, you know, for food and all that. Did it, like, okay, I'm gone. I, I would ditch school for a bologna and cheese sandwich, you know. My friend would say, my daddy got some bologna and cheese. Okay, I'm off of the fence to go eat. I'm ditching school to go eat and all this other stuff. So I wasn't in a car accident. But the car accident happened on El Segundo and um, Compton Avenue where somebody ran a red light and ran into my mother. And for years when my mother would drive down El Segundo, when she would get into that intersection, mm-hmm. it would freak her out. Yeah. Because she was in a car accident with my sisters and my cousin, and it was really, really bad. Oh, she said, give give up her auntie for food. So <laughs> <laughs> weird. You know what? I'm actually doing better. I, I, I am really doing better. So. Now, when we talk about the second phase, an individual may experience denial, anxiety, confusion, panic, nightmares, feelings of helplessness, despair, guilt, extreme sadness, and anger towards the person who caused the incident or themselves. That is huge with PTSD because a lot of individuals internalize things, and they start thinking that it's their fault. And these symptoms may cause the person to act out in negative ways, they may mistreat or lash out at their loved ones because they're struggling to cope with their emotions. And that is huge, Brianna, because I've done some shows talking about emotional maturity. I've talked about inappropriate behaviors. We've talked about toxic relationships. And one of the things, like Robert said, a lot of times individuals don't address the trauma. Sometimes individuals either try to sweep it up under the rug or they will mask it with something else. And we have to do better with that. We have to do better with first acknowledging it, not blaming ourselves, learning how to forgive, and learning how to heal. We have to heal. Because, like I said, many of us have been through some things, been there, done that, and we don't even realize. I remember my auntie one time was saying, I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. And when I would listen to her, and that kind of helped me with my mother, too, to understand my mother a lot better of why she was the way she was, was because of some of her trauma. And I had to learn that the way she grew up and the things that she experienced, it made her the person that she is, that she was. I get it. I totally understand. But individuals can't take that out on other people. So also when we start talking about that, even though with the long-term stage, and they have a name, and they make it clear in regard to when we start talking about PTSD and individuals, we've got to realize that it's also personal. It's very, very personal. And a lot of individuals feel that if nobody cares, nobody's going to believe them, what is your take? What, is, what, is, what else, Brianna, do you want the listeners to know? Oh, I feel like um, another thing to know with PTSD is, like, um, definitely I even I've learned that um, it could be just, like, the little things. And I think you mentioned, like, secondary. What mm-hmm. was it? Secondary trauma. Yeah, just, like, learning about something that happened. Like, um, my friend, she was, like, driving in calls that she got in a car crash. And, like, her telling me about it kind of made me, like, not want to go down that same street. You know, it kind of makes you think, like, well, if that happened to her, like, it could happen to me. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of think of, like, avoiding it, and then you get anxiety. It's kind of like a spiral thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that's that's also something I didn't notice is, like, you can get secondary. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of individuals that work in the field of mental health, 
um, EMTs. I was watching a movie called Ambulance the other day, mm-hmm. and this was a show about an ambulance driver, and they wind up in something with a bank robbery, and and it was a mess. A cop had been. It was traumatic, very traumatic. And when individuals have a high stress job like that, they can take on it. You watch and you listen to me doing therapy. And you listen to some of the things that and the issues that these individuals are going through. Yeah. That's traumatic. Yeah. And I'll go from one session to another session to another session, mm-hmm. and it don't even bother me. And that's where I guess when I talk about my food stuff, so <laughs> I'll be like, well, we have for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how you going to eat after you just heard all of that? <laughs> Did you know that person? Nope, that's the first time I talked I to know. that person. You know, but. Yeah. You have to learn how to process this. So I want to give you guys some, it's called um, grounding techniques that they talk about with PTSD. And some of this stuff is on the Internet. That's some of the beauty of the Internet. But the Internet could also be traumatic for a lot of individuals, too. Hey, Will, if you have anything you want to share about PTSD, call in, text me. I can bring you also in on the video on Facebook if you want me to. So when we start talking about some of the grounding techniques, is get to know your triggers. You might find that certain experiences, situations seem to trigger flashback or other symptoms. Like I said, I know my son is a trigger for me. I tell him he's a trigger, and he don't understand what I'm talking about. He is a trigger, and he really needs to stay away from me. <laughs> I told him, get him a restraining order. You get him a restraining order, keep him away from my house, too, because I'm calling the police. He in violation. He around me. Get away from me. You know, so that is a trigger for me. Also, talk about getting to know your triggers. Um, Robert, do you know your triggers? Yes, absolutely. You you were saying your your son's a trigger for you. My brother's a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be in situations where somebody will exhibit a behavior like my brother, and I'm immediately triggered by that person. And I'll go back and like, oh, well, I'm being triggered by this person because it's reminding me of my brother. Mm-hmm. And then I'm able, then I'm able to bring the anxiety down and work my way through it. Mm-hmm. It's okay, no so light. things, things that mm-hmm. used to be huge and would take me weeks to uh, process now take me a couple hours. Okay, all right, because you're aware. Okay, we just got a call that calling in number ending in one one. What do you want to add to the show as we're talking about post traumatic stress disorder? You talking to me? Yes. Number ended in one one. Oh. I think that's me, Jeanette. Okay, Mr. Gilbert. You wanted me to bring up this topic. What was the main issue in regards to post traumatic stress disorder that you wanted to talk about? Because I know you dealt with a lot. I know that things have been stressors for you, and I've talked to you about some of the things and getting to know your triggers. So I don't know if you've been listening to the show. we got about 12 minutes left on the show. But what do you want to add to the show as we're talking about PTSD, as this was a topic that you text me and said, we need to talk about PTSD. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we talked about it plenty of times, but, like, just – Recently, like, I was just thinking about it a lot, and I was reading more upon it, and it kind of sounded like the signs and symptoms, like, that I have, you know, like, um, just... Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I'm, now I'm just curious to see, like, like, do I have PTSD? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. That's why I asked you. And that's why I'm here. Okay. Well, you didn't ask me that way, but you have PTSD. <laughs> you have symptoms I do, right? of PTSD. Yes, you do. You have symptoms of PTSD. Some of the triggers you are aware of, and I'm going to tell you one trigger that I know. When a person is bullying you or you feel disrespected, that's a trigger for you. It is, yeah, when it is. Hmm? I said, yeah, I agree, it is. It is. It's a trigger for you. I've watched you. I've watched you go into a childlike state when it appears that someone is either taking advantage. And I don't know what it is about you because you're very humble, you're very quiet, you try to, you know, add humor to things, but people will look at you and then, like, attack you, and then they don't realize you're like a pet bull. You don't give up. And I've Never. seen it manifest itself. So, but you got to know your triggers so that you don't react and respond inappropriately when these things are occurring. And sometimes people can remind you of other people. So that means if somebody remind me of, remind you of me, I know you might run and be like, you remind me of Jeanette. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> I dealt with that woman for too long. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, you might be a Jeanette. So, it's just, it's just crazy, like, I read more about it, I read more and more about it, and it's like, dude, like, I went blind all this time, like, just with anxiety, I would always tell myself I would never have anxiety, and so just, like, last year, I experienced it for the first time, and it's, like, well, that I noticed it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of times, individuals are not aware, but you've got to know your triggers. You have to acknowledge it. Also, you another thing you can do with... um. Grounding techniques, confide in someone, someone you can trust, someone that's not going to take the information and use it against you. And give yourself time. You can try peer support. You can find a specialist to talk to. And most importantly, you got to look after your physical and your mental health. A lot of times individuals are so busy, I don't want to say whining, complaining, but they they will talk about the event, but they don't really talk about how the event made them feel. I did a, a um, class recently, and I talked about how to um, address complex emotions. And those emotions are emotions that individuals have difficulty expressing. And one of the things is a person didn't want to feel vulnerable, they didn't want to feel weak, they didn't want to feel helpless, they didn't want to feel, you know, and because you don't want to feel, you're going to feel. You're going to feel something. Bottom line is what you're going to do with it. I want to give the listeners, and it says, how can I help myself? Living with PTSD can feel overwhelming. And on this page that I'm looking at, it says that this page offers some practical suggestions for looking after yourself. Tips on coping with the flashbacks, because the flashbacks can be real and huge. Fl- 
flashbacks can be very distressing, but there are things you can do that might help. Focus on your breathing. Some individuals can have PTSD, Brianna, and have panic attacks. And if they're having a panic attack, you want to remove them from the situation sometimes, and you want to get them to breathe, to calm down. It says, when you are frightened, you might stop breathing normally. This increases the feelings of fear and panic. So it can help to concentrate on your breathing slowly in and out while counting to five. Now, I thought about that when I was getting baptized and I kind of hit the preacher in the chest, you know, I hit the pastor because uh, somebody said, you going down, and I said, you motherfuckers going with me. And, <laughs> and somebody tripped me, and I came up, and I got tripped, and I was mad. I was like, this ain't no fair baptism. How you going to baptize me and trip me at the same time? Girl, and everybody laughing at me. I shocked the man. The man had a heart attack a week later. <laughs> Went back to church, church was gone, church closed down, pastor telling me I probably need anger management classes. I still ain't got a baptism certificate, but that's okay. <laughs> that's I, traumatic. I, I was traumatized. Yeah. I'm at the beach. I might run into Jaws or somebody. I'm seaweed all on my feet. I'm jumping up and down. I'm cussing. And, and I, my, my auntie will tell you, one time we was at the beach, and a wave knocked me down. And when I got up, my breath, my titty, all up, I, I can't do the beach. <laughs> the beach brings up too many traumatic experiences for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting baptized at the beach. And then I, I, I went to Alberto because I didn't want to. I said, if I'm going to die, I don't want to die hungry. <laughs> can't die hungry. Die hungry, I'm going to hell because I'm going to cuss everybody out. Everybody's going to be in trouble if I'm hungry when I die. So I had to eat a burrito to make sure I was full. I'm scared of the water. I put people in headlocks. So girl, girl, they tripped me. I thought my wig was going to fall off my head. It was horrible. It was just horrible. But the whole thing was at the age of 12, I had a friend named Kevin Knox who we was at Mona Park Swimming Pool, and he was holding my feet up under the water, and I almost drowned. So water freaks me out. I, I I just can't do it. So you avoid it because you don't want to feel the stress. I don't even want to be in a bathtub too long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the anxiety, and I heard this thing, it is of uh, uh, Bob Newhart. It was on um, Saturday Night Live, and the lady was talking about her fear of being in, being in the box, being in the box. And by the time he got finished the therapy session, he said, uh, I'm going to put you in the box. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Girl, you take me to the beach? Talk about get on the boat. I ain't get on no boat. What the hell I'm getting on the boat for? Or you talk about go to the woods? Mm-mm. It's too many trees. I ain't getting lost in the woods. I won't even go hiking. We're alone. Go to the woods. So focus on your... See, I got to breathe. Got to breathe. Focus on your breathing. <laughs> Carry an object that reminds you of the present because you've got to stay in the present, which is another technique. Tell yourself that you are safe. A lot of times you've got to remember you're safe. When you start feeling a traumatic event, you can also comfort yourself. For example, if you curl up in a blanket, color a pet, listen to soothing music, watch your favorite friend, film, you've got to do something to keep you in the present so you're not caught up in the event and the flashback. Keep a diary. You can do that and try grounding techniques. And grounding techniques can keep you actually connected to the present and help you cope with the flashback and the intrusive thoughts. Every time I start thinking about my baptism and the beach, I get hyper. I get 
anxiety. I just can't. As long as I live in Ocean Side, I can count on my hands how many times I've been to that beach. <laughs> I ain't walking on the pier either. You ain't gonna push. I thought about taking my son to the pier to push him. <laughs> <laughs> he might push me back, and we both gonna be drowning. <laughs> I, I had that idea that that intrusive thought last night. I was going like, honey, you want to be? You want to be? <laughs> my son will be like, I know good one. My mom don't go to the beach. She trying to kill me. You know? So, again, you also, like I said, those are some of the things that you can do. And, like I said, there's a lot of information on the Internet. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit, Gilbert, and talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. Because, like I said, this was your topic. It really was your topic. And you share a lot about your children and wanting to be a father and being a parent, people don't realize how traumatic that is to be a parent. They really don't. And the stress, because we got good stress, we got bad stress, and we have to learn how to deal with our stressors. And we also have relationship stress. What is some of the PTSD that you are exhibiting as it relates to just being a parent and what you're dealing with? I I feel like I blame myself a lot. Mm. Okay. So what are you and blaming I always find myself? Mm. That's the theme. Like none of it's my. I need to understand that none of it's like none of my fault, you know. And I just it comes down to it wasn't my fault. You know what I mean like shit happens and stuff like that. But for some reason it's hard for me like just to wrap my head around it, you know, and, like, I just feel bad. Like, I feel like my kids are going to, like, mm-hmm. okay, I have a question like, for you, Robert, because, Robert, right. you've, been, you've been there and done that where Gilbert is. You have. And... Oh, somebody just wrote, didn't Reggie fall off the Oceanside Pier one time? Yes, Will. He jumped off the pier, and I got a phone call from the Harder Police Department telling me to come identify my son's body. And when I got there, I'm thinking that they go unzip the bag, and I'm going to look at it, like it's going to be like CSI or something. Yes. Girl, he's sitting in the back of an SUV. I was so mad. And they lifted him up, put him in my vehicle, and threw a ticket in the window and said they charged him $300 for swimming in the ocean. I'm getting phone calls. You want me to go with you? I just heard that Reggie just drowned. Reggie then jumped in the ocean. Just like I was last night. I was, my phone was blowing up last wow. night with because some girl posted, rest in peace. Why would, why would somebody, oh, gosh. I'm getting people <laughs> telling me, I just got a call, Reggie got killed. What am I supposed to do? What, what, what am I supposed to do? I'm at the casino. My auntie said I ain't giving up my food. I ain't giving up playing blackjack either. So, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I, I'm at the casino. I'm getting all these texts. I'm like, okay, don't worry, I'm at the table. You know, really? This boy don't realize how he disturbed my peace. He, he really don't realize it. So what I wanted to share, and I know we're about to run out of time, but um, Robert, you experienced your children not seeing them, and Gilbert is experiencing that now. And I know it was traumatic for you. I don't know if your custody issue changed. I don't know. But what can you share with Gilbert because you got through this? 
be in the moment day by day uh, and trust that everything's going to work out. No, my uh, my uh, situation with my kids has not changed. I haven't seen my kids in two years in in physical. You have to focus on the things that you that you can change and not focus on the things that you can't change because there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Acceptance is the key. I didn't realize that it's been that long, Robert. I thought that you had already had visits with your children by now or no. that done um, therapy in regards to restoring a relationship. Uh, wow. Yeah, we'll have a sidebar about that. <laughs> I guess you will be calling me soon. So, all that. <laughs> so I want to share Thanks. some other things. Yes, get word. I was just going to tell him thank you for the advice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I just oh, feel like welcome. for me not growing up growing up without my parents a lot, and I know how I turned out and stuff like that, and I just don't want my kids to go through that same thing. Mm-hmm. And that, you know what, Gilbert, in situations like that, like I said, you could just stay hopeful. Um, Samantha said that my son hasn't seen his daughter since she got him shot. Yeah, I had a cousin. My cousin was wanting to have that relationship with his daughter, and the baby mama set him up with the boy. And she went to the house to go because he went to the school or something. And when he gets it out, he shot. And the girl, he still ain't seen his child. But now he's remarried. He's since remarried. Mm-hmm. He's had another child. And you can't exchange children. Your child is your child. But a lot of parents deal with these custody issues and battles, and, and they don't realize how traumatic that can be, especially if they're dealing with their own underlying childhood trauma. Yeah. And especially when you have fathers that want to be a father. But see, the problem with that is when you're dealing with not we minimize other people's trauma. We really do. we got to be more careful with who we have kids with is what I learned the hard way. So... I want to share some information, and it talks about what are the 17 symptoms of PTSD. And this is coming from Cumberland Heights, and it talks about, like we know, life is unpredictable, but yet predictable in some ways. And unfortunately, many of us, that means that grief and trauma can rise at any time. And when a person is exposed to danger, violence, illness, and threat or injury, because Illness is another thing that could also lead to or have symptoms of PTSD. They can potentially carry that trauma with them for years to come. So they have what's called a PTSD Awareness Month. I wasn't even aware of that. And one of the things they talk about with some of the 17 symptoms I'm going to go over, intrusive thoughts. That is best known symptom of PTSD. And what do intrusive, intrusive thoughts look like? A person going through their day-to-day, and is suddenly confronted by unwelcome, disturbing, uncomfortable feelings. And that can happen. The nightmares are huge. Avoiding reminders of the event is another one. Memory loss. Negative thoughts about self and the world can occur. Self-isolation, feeling distant. Anger, irritability. Reduce interest in favorite activities. We talked about hypervigilance. 
difficulty concentrating, insomnia where people can't sleep, vivid flashbacks, avoiding people, places, and things related to the event, casting blame is what some individuals do, difficulty feeling positive emotions. So with that, a lot of times when you start trying to, you know, bring light to the matter, change the situation, make the a lot of times individuals are stuck in their, in their pain. Exaggerated startle response, risky behavior to some of the things that we see. So those are just some of the things. So I want to say help is available. Yes, I am a therapist. I've been a therapist doing this work for over 20-something years. I realize trauma is real, especially when you're working with individuals and individuals don't realize how baggage is one thing, but trauma is something something totally different. And you have to heal from your trauma because happiness is a choice. And it's very complicated to be happy in a relationship with another person if you're bringing that trauma and you want them to understand because they may not understand what you've been through. And sometimes people try to hide their trauma. So I want you to know that healing is possible, but you've got to want to heal. You've got to do the work. You've got to work on your core belief system. You've got to work on your anxiety. Some individuals can utilize medication regimens to help with the anxiety, the nightmares, the insomnia, whatever it is that's going to work for you. You can do cognitive behavioral therapy. You can do trauma-informed care. You can do um, EMDR. There's a lot of different therapeutic techniques that individuals are using. The VA, if individuals are in the military, many individuals are utilizing the benefits of the VA, which can also be helpful. There are support groups. There's way more information now available than what we had in the past. If you are employed, you can utilize um, what's called EAP, which is an Employee Assistance Program for non-medical therapeutic issues. It's another thing. So start where the pain is before it spreads. Rihanna, what do you want to leave the listeners with before we leave the show today? I think think Robert had mentioned it, but like just being present, grounding yourself. He also mentioned meditation. I think that's a great form of um, being present. Um, Journaling. Just trying to find ways to self, self-care. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, Cecilia, my auntie just wrote, um, I have several of those symptoms and my oldest son is a big trigger. I believe so. You're, you know, Sia, your oldest son triggers you like Reggie triggers me. I totally get it. Totally get it. Because they don't understand that they're a trigger and they don't understand how their behavior. And one thing I always said was I was not going to be that type of mama that's going to let my kids send me to an early grave. I'm not doing it. I refuse to. I saw it too much in my family. I saw it too much growing up in my neighborhood, in my community. I do my best to try to do different. But I know yesterday when I walked down the street, girl, my neighbor started running the house and closing the door. (laughs) <laughs> I started hearing doors closed, kids that was outside wasn't outside no more. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, I'm going to turn this to my grandmama. Really? Girl, I'm glad that way my blood. And you know I've been hurt. Girl, I got stripped from somewhere.
nowhere. <laughs> and he was looking all crazy and drunk and beat. Oh, Lord. I, ooh, I, I was like, Lord, mm-mm. I went to the casino <laughs> and I had me fun. Yeah. And that was... <laughs> Girl, girl, yeah. I, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I, 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 I shouldn't be doing this, but uh, I, I ain't bragging or nothing. But mm-hmm. I, I went to the casino, Brianna, and I had me a good time. And when see, 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 when, when I had me a good time, I, I, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, <Lord, laughs> <geez. laughs> I gotta go to the bank and make a deposit. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I was not gonna let that boy ruin my. Uh uh-uh. uh. The devil is a liar. Gilbert, what do you want to leave the listeners with? Um, like from my experience going through PTSD, I feel like I'm on. The, I feel like just like you said, be patient. I I had I had to cut a lot of people off to be patient mm-hmm. though, and um, just time to myself to like. Get to know me again, I guess. Okay. And, um, like, know about my triggers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just, I know, I know I'm almost through it, like, for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be on the right path if it wasn't for you, Jeanette, honestly. Um, but I, like you said, you got to do your work and stuff. Like, I had to cut off my mom. Mm-hmm. Stuff in that kind of nature, so I could do good, you know. And you know what? And, and it's sad, Gilbert, but sometimes you gotta you grow apart. You know, they say blood don't make you relatives, or blood don't make you family. Sometimes the loyalty do. Sometimes there's people in your family that don't mean you no good. It doesn't mean you gotta carry them along and carry that trauma and carry that trigger. You know, you gotta learn how to let some things and let some people go. All right. Look at it like this. Some people just don't know no better. They don't know no better. And I'm not going to let their trauma, I'm not going to let their trauma infect me. I'm not going to be impacted by other people's negativity. I'm not going to do it. I don't care who you are. Or repeat, or repeat like their act. Correct. And we have some things that's called generational curses. Some things, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, somebody said, I'm trying to read it. Will said um, something I can't really read to you. You did well. Oh, you did well at the casino. Would it like that help ease worries? Just that <laughs> Yeah, well, I did real good at the casino. I had a little bit more, but I said, let me go home before midnight. And, I, yeah, I, I did well. Okay. Um, um, Robert, what do you want the listeners to know before you end? And I ain't trying to promote the casino, so I want y'all to take that because everybody can't say that. <laughs> Uh, two things. Two things. EMDR was just uh, 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 approved by the AMA, I think, to okay. be uh, effective to treat trauma. And you hmm. said uh, generational curses. You can mm-hmm. inherit trauma. Oh yeah, you can. I know I have. I carry on my back a whole lot of stuff that happened in my family. That got passed yep. on down to me. And some things yep. get projected on to me. Like I said, I look right. and I'm looking, I look so much like my mama. People treat me like my mama like I'm my mama sometimes. I'll be like, I didn't do that to you, she did. I ain't do it. <laughs> I did not do it. So but yeah, but that but
but that is. And you know what? And when we started talking about that, even when I started talking about my mother and the PTSD, sometimes I smell her smell. Sometimes I hear her voice. Sometimes I, I'm like looking at pictures. I, I don't know me. I, I'm like, ooh, you know. But, okay, but I want to thank you guys for joining the show today. Tomorrow I'm going to be talking about wayward children. Tuesday is normally when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch where we offer biblical teaching and things of that nature because a lot of us are dealing with children and their behaviors that is so out of our control to where we just don't know what to do as a parent. And I was one that thought that once your child turned 18, you was done. Mm-mm. That neighbor's knocking on your door when they're almost 40. Are you too old for this? <laughs> okay. So we're going to be talking about that. And what are some of the things that parents can do to not parent out of guilt, especially when they have a child that's an adult child or even a young child that's out of control? What can you do? So, again, you can join me. And if you have any topics or anything that you want me to talk about, you'll ever know when he texts me to talk about PTSD. I said, okay. You can email me at J. Abney, LMFT at gmail.com or preciouspredicaments at gmail.com or you can call me on my office phone at 714-992-1677. So we're going to end the show because I don't know who's stomach is grounded and loud is. <laughs> me or Brianna. <laughs> yeah. Our stomach is sitting up here singing a song. I'm like, that you? No, that's me. I didn't feel that one. <laughs> I mean, we just both sitting around something going. Man, <laughs> 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 something to go on. A, okay, we'll see. It. Let's talk about COVID shots. We can talk about that next week because the thing is, I mean, I'm not a medical doctor, but there are a lot of individuals that are having a lot of things when it talks about not only the shots, the COVID, the aftermath. We can talk about that because that is also. One of the issues with PTSD is COVID. Individuals are so afraid and they're suffering and they're dealing with the stress of dealing with this. I was sitting there playing blackjack, no, poker, and this woman got my man's a little bit woman coughing. She better get away from me. You know, so that is true. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about COVID. Okay? So if you want to join in on the show, give me a call, 516-387-1914. Again, thank you for listening, and thank you, Brianna, for joining. Thank you. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Enjoy your day. Bye, guys.